When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the aquarium hobby tends to latch on to all kinds of ideas, practices, suppositions, and convenient facts. Much of what we believe in or have been told to embrace is good, solid stuff with practical applications. Now, some of it, however, is based on old information, uh, uncorrelated facts, and simple fears. We've been indoctrinated since our earliest days in the hobby to create optimum conditions for our fishes by scraping algae, removing biofilms, and siphoning out detritus. Stuff that we, as lovers of botanical-style aquariums, have learned not to be so stressed out about, right? That's correct. Removing and eliminating those things from our tanks has become one of the biggest concerns for aquarists in general. Algae control alone has become this lucrative category within the hobby with tons of products and additives and tools and gear dedicated to its annihilation and eradication. As aquarists, we're constantly made to think about the perils which the presence of naturally occurring biological products can cause for our tanks. The reality is that most of our fears are, in my opinion, not only unwarranted, but are completely overemphasized. Often, our attempts at eradicating them leads to the formation of the very imbalances that we're all so fearful of. Let's start our little discussion here uh, about one of the cornerstones of what we call the unholy trinity of aquarium scourges, uh, algae. We've literally beaten into your head relentlessly in our truly, you know, that in our truly natural style tanks, we don't really care if there is some algae in there. We've made that mental shift that says it's okay to have some decomposing materials, brown water, biofilms, and yeah, algae. Because natural aquatic habitats do too. So it's not so bad, right? Well, well, it isn't, at least in theory. Now, let's think about algae in the aquarium to begin with. No, not the boring, you know, this is how algae problems happen in our aquariums lecture that you've read or on every website or heard on every podcast known to man since this internet thing sprung to life. You can find that stuff everywhere. There's as many articles about how to control algae as there are aquarists. It's true. Rather, let's think about how we as a group mentally are opposed to this stuff in our tanks. I mean, yeah, I know no one really enjoys a tank smothered in algae. It looks like crap, and it's a trophy for incompetence in the eyes of most aquarists. In fact, I remember reading once that more people quit the aquarium hobby over algae problems than almost anything else. I mean, yuck, that's crazy, right? Well, sure. Algae problems caused by obvious lapses in care or attention to normal maintenance like overfeeding, lack of water changes, gross overstocking, use of poor quality source water are signs of incompetence. The occasional out, you know, outbreaks that many hobbyists suffer you know, through over the years have all sorts of other potential causes and they can often be traced to a combination of small things that went unchecked and are typically controlled in a relatively short amount of time once the causative factors are identified. Yet, as a group, us hobbyists freak out about algae in our tanks. 
I can show you a hundred pics of algae in the wild and say, see, it happens in nature too, right? And the typical hobbyist will still be rendered speechless with horror should the stuff show up in their home aquarium. We simply don't like the visuals of algae in our tanks. I get it. And excessive amounts of almost anything are indicative of an imbalance. However, since we're so into natural style aquariums, isn't a little algae in our tanks, well, natural? Is the presence of algae always a bad thing? No. Algae is among the oldest, most adaptable life forms on the planet and will exploit every available opportunity to flourish. Perhaps the biggest irony about algae is that despite our disdain for this stuff, it's consuming some of the very nutrients that people say they don't want to accumulate in their, in their tanks in the first place, the real scourges. Its presence is quite beneficial in many places, in many cases, and it's an efficient consumer or processor of organics. It produces oxygen, it serves as food for a lot of aquatic creatures, and provides a substrate for small crustaceans and other life forms which our fishes consume as part of their diet. When you think about it, the appearance of algae in the aquarium is an actually an indicator that things are functioning, well, pretty well. Sure, the dark side to algae is that it can smother your plants and cover everything if left unchecked. Now, that is the sign of an unbalanced aquarium, when it's growing faster than your plants or literally taking over every surface. And really, who willingly lets that happen? Like, no one. Some growth of algae on rocks and wood is not only not cause for alarm, it's really natural and almost an inevitable thing in an aquarium. Wild aquatic habitats are filled with this stuff. Yet, we've been trained over the century or so that we've been keeping aquariums to loathe the appearance of algae, to fear it and take drastic action when we see it. The bulk of the algae problem, in my humble opinion, is in our minds. It's that it's been perceived as an affront to our aesthetics in the mainstream hobby, because we've been told that an aquarium should never appear you know, should appear near sterile and never look, you know, anything like broken in or dirty, or at least it should be devoid of any growth that we think is unattractive. And I think that's kind of sad. The reality is algae growth is important. Again, algae seen everywhere on the planet and it's all over rocks, wood, and other submerged objects in natural watercourses. It's part of the, you know, rich fabric of life and accepting that some algae in your tank is not only acceptable, but actually aesthetically interesting will take a mental shift along the lines of the one that we make when we embrace botanical blackwater aquariums and, you know, their accompanying tinted water and decomposing botanicals and biofilms and all that stuff. It's actually not only part of the aesthetic of underwater habitats, it's part of the necessary ecological framework. And that makes it a beautiful thing, doesn't it? Removing every bit of algae from your tanks is not only impossible, it's impractical and it's unhealthy for your aquarium. So the next time you notice a little algae growth here and there in your tank, don't run off on a panic and reach for the algicide or the scraper. Look at it and ask yourself if it's really taking over the tank, smothering your plants, or if it's just exploiting a niche that's available to it. Ask yourself if it's becoming a burden or a danger to the fishes, or simply a distraction that you've been accustomed to fearing and reviling throughout your aquarium career. Along with algae, Perhaps the most misunderstood biological occurrence in our botanical-style aquariums is biofilm. Yes, biofilm, again. Fairly regularly, we get emails or DMs asking about that stringy stuff covering my leaves. So it's always a good idea to discuss it from time to time. And just so happens it's one of the you know big three things that we hear about here as a nuisance. 
Even the word biofilm conjures up this image of something that you really don't want in your tank. Something dirty, something yucky, potentially detrimental to your aquarium's health. And let's be honest with ourselves here. The damn dictionary definition is not going to win over many haters. Biofilm is defined as a slim film of bacteria that adheres to a surface. And some charming and commonly encountered examples of biofilm include plaque that forms on teeth and that slime that forms on surfaces in dirty water. Shit, really? Yeah, add to this the fact that it's not the best-looking stuff that you could find in an aquarium, and, well, yeah, its reputation sort of precedes it, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess it's the definition we're just going to have to run with here. Well, apart from the unpleasant-sounding description of this stuff and its you know sort of snot-like appearance, the concept of biofilms and how they form is actually kind of interesting. Not charming, I didn't say that, but interesting for sure. Now, biofilms form when bacteria adhere to surfaces in some form of watery environment and begin to excrete this slimy glue-like substance consisting of sugars and other compounds that can stick to all sorts of materials, such as, well, in our case, botanicals. They're an integral part of flooded forest habitats and pretty much every other aquatic habitat that there is. They assist with nutrient processing, sediment stabilization, oh, and then they provide food for many fishes as well. So there's all kinds of things that biofilm actually does that is positive is there a dark side to biofilms well of, of course there is like anything else too much of a good thing can cause problems in rare instances frightening you know aquarium armageddon scenarios could play out for example in an extremely overcrowded aquarium or a very small one with marginal husbandry infiltration with a huge amount of biofilm relative to the tank volume caused by an equally huge influx of freshly added botanicals there's always the possibility that bacteria within the biofilms can multiply extremely rapidly, reducing the level of oxygen in the rest of the aquarium, which would lead to a dramatic reduction, or a re, a, a amount of CO2, excuse me, not a reduction, but a dramatic um, amount of CO2 being released into the water. That This in turn could, you know, lead to the CO2 levels rising, you know, sharply, quickly, potentially causing asphyxiation to the animals in the tank. And... This is not a good thing, right? This is something what we'd be afraid of. It would kill those lovable nitrifying bacteria that support it as well. Now, that's a true doomsday scenario, likely brought about by a non-sustainably managed populated aquarium, improper preparation and rapid excessive addition of botanicals, and just a complete lack of common sense on the part of aquarists in terms of husbandry and just general logic. So yeah, there is a dark side to biofilms if you create circumstances to foster one. The real positive takeaway here, biofilms are really a sign that things are working right in your aquarium, a visual indicator that natural processes are at work. Yet, understandably, it may not make some of you feel good. However, it being natural and all, perhaps you could take some comfort in hearing more about what to expect. First off, take comfort in the fact that this, the big blooms of biofilm you might see in your tanks are typically a passing phase, and they can take anywhere from a few days to two or three weeks or more before they subside on their own to some level that you can live with. It'll never fully go away in a botanical-style aquarium. You don't want it to. Realize that biofilms are present in every aquarium to some degree. Yes, even those nature aquarium ones that are supposedly perfect, like welcome to planet Earth. We get it, though. Some of you just don't want this stuff despite its charms. You can't remove every speck of it. You wouldn't want to. Like algae, biofilms serve as primary means of nutrient export in a lot of aquariums, and to remove them from the ecosystem would simply be detrimental. They're also someone's food source, 
Again, the reality here is that there's an, that in an otherwise, you know, well-managed, sustainably populated aquarium, at best, the largest blooms of the stuff will be a temporary nuisance, subsiding to a tolerable level or even almost being almost unseen for as long as you have the aquarium in operation. Remember, it's all part of the game with botanical-influenced aquariums. A part of that mental shift towards accepting and appreciating a more natural-looking, natural-functioning aquarium. It's the price of admission, if you will, along with the tinted water, the decomposing leaves, and all that stuff. Biofilm blooms and their ultimate stable long-term presence in your tank are simply part of the dues you pay, which ultimately go hand-in-hand hand with the envious oohs and ahs of other hobbyists who admire your completed aquarium when they see it for the first time. It's part of the game. Now look, there are a lot of hobbyists who've come to admire and even love the whole idea of biofilm, like those of you who love the, you know, ornamental shrimp that, that, that we've talked about so many times, the neocardina and caridina, you understand that the value of having, you know, a periodic crop of this stuff available is a good thing for your shrimp to gaze on or to graze on, excuse me. You're actually wanting to foster it. Biofilms are absurdly common in nature and pretty much in any aquarium, yet a bit more significant and noticeable when you play with botanicals. They're not to be feared, although they should be respected, they should be studied, understood, and ultimately utilized as food by aquatic animals. Now, let's move on to the last member of our little triad, equally maligned and misunderstood. As those of you who read my little rants and listen to my podcasts know, one thing I truly can't stand is overgeneralization about stuff in the hobby. And one of the most maligned, overgeneralized topics in the world of aquarium husbandry is detritus. We've talked about this many times before, but it deserves repeating. My never-ending war on behalf of detritus is going to continue. Yeah, you heard me. On behalf of detritus. Seriously. Look, I know that detritus comprised of uneaten food and fish poop and accumulating in the closed system can be problematic, especially if overall husbandry issues are not attended to. But it's a familiar theme, right? I know that it can decompose, overwhelm the biological filtration capacity of the tank if left unchecked. And that can lead to a smelly, dirty-looking system with diminished water quality, you know, unhealthy fishes, all that, blah, blah, blah. I know that. You know that. In fact, pretty much everyone in the hobby knows that. Don't overfeed. Don't let fish poop accumulate in excess, etc. Yet, we've really sort of heaped detritus into this catch-all descriptor, which has an overall bad connotation to it. Like, anything which is allowed to break down in the tank and accumulate is bad. Anything that looks like dirt is, well, dirty, dangerous, and should be treated accordingly. Now, dirty looking and dangerous are two very different things, right? Detritus. The definition as accepted in the aquarium hobby is kind of sketchy in this regard, not flattering at the very least, I get it. It's defined as dead particulate organic matter that typically includes the bodies or fragments of dead organisms as well as fecal material. It's typically colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize the material. Now, everyone thinks that's so bad. I'm not buying it. Why is this necessarily a bad thing? I mean, even in the definition I just mentioned, there's the part about being colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize. It's being processed. It's being utilized. What do these microorganisms do? They eat it. They render it inert. And in the process, they contribute to the biological diversity and arguably even the stability of the system. Some of them are utilized as food for by other creatures, which is really important in a closed system, I think. This is really important, actually. It's part of the biological operating system of our botanical-style aquariums. It's largely inert. It's not all bad, right? 
I think we should embrace this, especially in a botanical-style aquarium, which essentially runs on the decomposition of materials. In the flooded forest floors that we find in nature, which I love so much, the leaf litter community of fishes, insects, fungi, and microorganisms is really important to the overall tropical environment as it assimilates terrestrial material into the black water aquatic system and it acts to reduce the loss of nutrients to the forest, which would inevitably occur if all the material which fell into the streams was simply washed downstream. So stuff's being utilized by a myriad of life forms. It's being broken down and processed into, ultimately, to detritus. Is there a lesson from nature here that we can incorporate into our aquarium work? I think so. Okay, detritus as we see it may not be the most attractive thing to look at in our tanks. I'll give you that. It literally looks like a pile of shit. However, what we're talking about allowing to accumulate isn't fish poop and uneaten food. It's broken down or processed botanical materials, leaves and seed pods and stuff like that. As we talk about so much around here, just because something looks a certain way doesn't mean that it's always a bad thing, right? Well, what does it mean? Take into consideration, well, why we add botanicals to our tanks in the first place. Now, you don't have to have huge piles of the stuff littering your, you know, sand. However, you could have some accumulating here and there among the botanicals and leaves, and it may not offend your aesthetic, you know, senses, and it'll still contribute to the overall aquatic ecosystem that you've created. If you're one of those hobbyists who allows your leaves and other botanicals to break down completely into the tank, what happens? Do you see a decline in water quality, a noticeable uptick in nitrate or other signs? Does anyone ever do water tests to confirm that detritus is dangerous theory is, is, is valid? Or do we simply rely on what they say in the books and hobby forums? Is there ever a situation, a place or a circumstance where leaving the detritus in play is actually a benefit as opposed to a problem? I think so. Test your water. Observe the overall health of your fishes in the aquarium in general. How problematic is the presence of some detritus in your tank? It likely isn't, just like it isn't an issue in nature. Now look, I'm just one guy, but I personally have not ever had any issues with the complete decomposition of botanicals and leaves being left to accumulate in my aquariums and ultimately form detritus. In almost three decades of playing with botanicals, and being a hardcore water quality testing reef keeper during much of that time, I can't ever, ever recall a time where the decline of a system I maintain could be pinned specifically on the detritus from decomposing materials as a causative factor in reducing water quality. In fact, I have never had a situation where the water quality has been an issue in a tank not performing well, and I suspect neither have many of you. Incorporating you know, regular water exchanges into your botanical-style aquarium system is vital, gives you the ability to dilute any potential accumulating organics and pollutants before they become a specific negative impact on water quality. They give you a bit of a buffer, but that doesn't mean removing every bit of detritus that's available too. And I don't need to go into the well-trodden reasons about why water exchanges are a good thing in the aquarium. However, I do need to give us a collective whack upside the head and encourage each and every one of us to think about stuff like this from the perspective of an overall closed ecosystem. Think about what the nitrogen cycle is and what it does. And think about the impact of inputs and exports into and out of our closed systems. Embracing the presence of stuff like algae, biofilms, and detritus in your tank is not a zero-sum game. It's not like you either have a ton of it in your tank or none. Like so many things in the hobby, our aquariums will reach an equilibrium if we let them. The ecology in your aquarium will find its way and arrive at an optimum balance between import and export if we let it. Embracing these things is not an excuse for blowing off the basic tenets of aquarium keeping. 
you still need to take care of your aquarium, even though you might be an algae hugger. Now, I get it. Not all these processes have appealing visuals. And I believe that we as hobbyists need to separate aesthetics from the overall functional benefits of the various life forms and processes which appear in and guide our aquarium's ecological systems. There's so much more to this stuff than to simply buy into an unflinchingly overgeneralized statement like detritus is bad. Stay the course. Don't be afraid. Open up your mind. Study what's happening. Draw parallels to the natural aquatic ecosystems of the world. Look at this evolution process with, you know, wonder and awe and, yeah, courage. And know that the pile of decomposing goo that you're looking at now is just a metaphorical stepping stone on the journey to an aquarium which will embrace nature in every conceivable way. Maybe as the years go by, maybe we as a hobby will overcome generations of fear over stuff like detritus and fungi and biofilms and algae, the very life forms which power the aquatic ecosystems that we strive to duplicate in our aquariums with such vigor. You know, maybe rather than attempting to erase all these things which go against our Instagram-influenced aesthetics of how we think nature should look, we might want to meet nature where she is and work with her. And we just might see the real beauty and the benefits of unedited nature. And of course, the literal basis, the fuel for all of this stuff is the botanical materials themselves, breaking down in our tanks as they've done in nature for eons. The ultimate in ephemeral and perhaps the ultimate execution of the natural botanical style aquarium. Ah, this stuff. The seemingly annoying end products of biological processes like decomposition and the life forms that accompany and produce them are actually the most beautiful, elegant, beneficial friends that we can have in the aquarium. We just need to embrace them. We have to understand what role they play in nature and in our tanks. Yes, it's a mental shift. A perspective of open-minded curiosity and a willingness to look at things a bit differently and go beyond the usual and generally accepted hobby ideas on stuff. It's not always pretty, and it's not always right. I'll give you that much. However, it's always, always worth considering and exploring. Because just accepting status quo, keeping a closed mind to alternative ideas and not pushing the edges from time to time is not just a little bit boring. It's denying fellow hobbyists the opportunity to learn about and potentially benefit from stuff we might have long been afraid of. Keep exploring, always. Keep an open mind. Think through what we've taken to be the gospel in the aquarium hobby for so long and ask yourself if it could be used as an, uh, as an example or we could maybe add an addendum or two to it. Stay curious, stay bold, stay diligent, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tannin.